What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Get your lineup set. It's time for Start or Sit. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he. Well, I hope you don't have any plans tonight. It's going to take a long time to put in all those waiver claims. It's an, it's an exciting week, excuse me. For the waiver wire, welcome to week eight, everybody. It is Tuesday, and yeah, Ty Johnson's going to be a popular ad. Is that going to be the number one ad? Is he going to be the most added player in CBS Sports League's fellas, Ty Johnson? Yeah, he he probably will just based on his ownership percentage, but I would not be surprised if Chase Edmonds still is more just based on there's still 20, 29% room to grow for him. So I don't know if Ty Johnson will eclipse that. Yeah, that would mean Ty Johnson would basically have to get up to 30% ownership. We expect on Johnson to be out. And here come the Giants, who give up the fifth or the sixth most fantasy points to running backs. Chase Edmonds just had a huge game, so could be Ty Johnson. Could it be J.D. McKissick? Are you a little worried about wasting fab dollars or waiver wire priority on a guy who might get usurped on Ty Johnson versus McKissick? I, I don't think McKissick is the guy that you'd worry about usurping Ty Johnson. I think it's somebody else coming back to the Lions like CJ Anderson or they make a move for another running back and that guy takes Ty Johnson off the field. That 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 would concern me, but Ty Johnson's looked pretty good in the limited time that he's had this year and I would imagine that they're just going to uh, they've they have changed their their style or at least Daryl Bevel has changed his style. They're throwing more. Um and leaning on Matthew Stafford's probably going to be what they do for the rest of the season. I gotta be honest with you guys. I have a little bit of waiver wire anxiety. It's it's really little, it's a little overwhelming this week. I think it's just it's it's one of those where there's there's not a lot of stars, but there's a lot of guys. Well, you know, it's really about it's about the players who are owned in more than sixty five percent of leagues. That most of them are probably not available, but in some of your leagues, a few of them are going to trickle in there. You know, it could be Jamal Williams. Um, it could be Auden Tate. I don't know how, how you guys feel about him right now, but there just there are a lot of players that might be available. Where you know, last week it was. Remember, I said the thing about the DSTs. There was like the Niners and the Jaguars, and they didn't technically qualify for our waiver wire show for the most part because they were only more than sixty five percent at least. But there were enough of them where I knew that in most leagues one of them would be available, and that's kind of how I feel about a lot of positions this week. Like Matthew Stafford might be available. Jacoby Brissett might be avail- might be available. So um, should be some good options out there. Only two teams on by with the Cowboys and the Ravens. Also, I want to wish an early happy Halloween to Sam Darnold, who's already seeing ghosts. <laughs> LOL. Uh, I mean, if you're the Jets uh, and um, I'm going to assume it's ESPN comes to you and says, we like to mic up Sam Darnold. You're playing against the Patriots. Just just say no. <laughs> just, just say just no. Say no. I mean, that, that was, that was just, yeah. there was nothing like, you, you know, Quentin Williams, that, that's, that's the guy you might, you know, Robbie Anderson, Mike him up, the, you know, Sam Darnold, like that was just, it was only going to be bad. Has Tom Brady ever been mic'd up ever? Have the Patriots ever mic'd up Brady? Do either of you remember I'm, Brady ever been mic'd up? I'm sure the answer up? is, is no. The, the, the biggest takeaway for me coming out of that game is if I were Jerry Jones, I would have fired Jason Garrett after that game. Ooh. How did they lose to the Jets, the Cowboys? Oh. <laughs> How? Well, they're they're not the Patriots. That's the thing. Uh, yeah. So dominating, 
game last night. Uh, we'll talk about that. But the Patriots actually made bigger news with a trade that they made acquiring Mohamed Sanu for a second-round pick just this morning. And we'll get into that. Last week's waiver wire guys, Chase Edmonds, Latavius Murray, obviously Hunter Henry must start. Um, that was, uh, I guess that was two weeks ago and Josh Allen. No, it was, it was last week too. Josh yeah, Allen was a uh, waiver wire guy. Uh, the waiver wire was good last week. Jamal Williams was a waiver wire guy. And I think you're going to be rolling with most of those, most of those guys. Do you have any hesitation? Like if you picked up Chase Edmonds and Latavius Murray last week, uh, you know, do you have to make alternate plans or do you think you're going to be able to start them again this week? Edmonds and Latavius as they actually face each other. If I were the Saints, there's no way I'm playing Alvin Kamara this week because you have your bye next week. They don't act like that, though. You, you like, I, I understand. Oh, where, I, I, where you're I understand. They, from, they might. Yeah, from, no, I understand. They might. They, they may play Breeze and Kamara, and right. you know, get them out there and and get the game under their belt before their bye week if they're healthy enough to play. I mean, that's the nature of most teams. But yeah. you know, if if you're looking at it logically, they've done everything that they needed to do in Drew Breeze's absence. They're undefeated. Bridgewater's played well. The defense has stepped up. It's clear that. You know, Latavius Murray is obviously not as talented as Alvin Kamara, but if you just were to say, here's 27 for 119, 5 for 31, and two touchdowns, and didn't tell you the name, you would say, wow, Alvin Kamara had a great game. You know, so they didn't miss either of their two stars against a very good defense in Chicago, and now you're playing a home game against the Cardinals. Why risk those two guys getting further injured if, in fact, they're not 100%, which I can't imagine that they're 100%, otherwise they'd be out there. So uh, I, I think you can... Safely plan to have those two guys out there? No, but plan to have those out those guys out there? Yeah. The good news is that most people who picked up those guys, they've got somebody on their bench that they can replace them with. So if you have Alvin Kamara, maybe you picked up Latavius Murray, it's obvious you're going to start whichever guy starts for them. It's a little bit harder for Arizona because we think that David Johnson, if he starts in week eight, can go out there and be that main guy for them. But we got fooled by them. I don't know if fooled is the right word. I guess he aggravated the injury after his first carry. Uh, I don't think that. Why, well, why I would think, they put him out I there for two snaps and I think then pull him off the field? Why would they Cliff do that? Kingsbury covering his tracks after what came out on Sunday from what he originally said, that it was a, a need-based situation. You know, so Right, but if, I, if you're an emergency type of replacement running back, you're not out there on the first two plays of the game. I'm going to guess that it was go see how you feel, and he said, you know, I just don't feel right. So I don't know if he re-aggravated it or he just never felt 100. percent So I, I look, it, it was uh, it's stunk. It, it was it was a terrible situation. Um, the fact that they're bringing in guys to work out is a, an indication that he's probably not 100. percent So I, I would say Chase Edmonds has a good chance to start and maybe be the lead guy again. Yeah. So if push came to shove and you knew you only had one chance to get Ty Johnson, would you drop any of Latavius Murray, Chase Edmonds, or Jamal Williams? To pick up no. Ty Johnson. I would try. I would try like hell to trade them first. No way I would drop them. Even Jamal Williams. They've, they've got value. They all have value right now in trade. Yeah, Williams is so interesting because he only had seven touches, but he's at Kansas City. We know what the game plan usually is at Kansas City. That was with Mahomes, you know, trying to keep that offense off the field. We shall see. All right, we got to start with the news and notes. I mean, this is really where the waiver wire begins with a ton of injuries, including at quarterback. Uh, but the Patriots acquiring Mohamed Sanu. For what? For a second? I mean, for a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu? I mean, in, in essence, it's a third round pick right. because the, they're picking at the last pick of the it's second. Still, their second round pick. I mean, it. You know, it's <laughs> it's odd. It's odd. Yeah, it's a lot to pay. They really liked him, though. Apparently, they were trying to get him before the season started. And if Brady keeps struggling, he may be their best quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tom Brady is throwing thirty nine passes per game. Last year, he threw thirty five point six passes per game. Uh, Julian Edelman currently has a 24.5% target share. A little deceiving because he has played seven games, whereas the next three in line, James White, Josh Gordon, and Philip Dorsett, they've only played six games. Uh, so yeah, he, Edelman is far and away the target leader. But what's the impact here? Uh, let's let's talk about this. What's the impact here with Sanu going to the to the Patriots? I think it gives them some very good versatility in their passing game. I don't know if he's... The replacement for Josh Gordon, we don't know if Josh Gordon's going to miss more than just one game or not. But Sanu is known as being a, a big-bodied slot receiver. So that's a different type of dimension from anybody else that they've had on the field this year. But it's not so different than what they've had in the past with Rob Gronkowski. 
because Gronk was that big body over the middle of the field and in the short area. They'd play matchups, and they'd use him there. My hunch is that they're going to try and use Sanu the same way. Now, he can also line up on the outside, and if Josh Gordon misses time, boom, there's your replacement for Josh Gordon. He's just not a burner downfield like Josh Gordon is, but he might have better hands than Josh Gordon at this point. Who's impacted? I would, ex- who, who, I would expect him. I would expect Sanu to play a lot, and he was averaging around 10 PPR fantasy points per game with Atlanta. That could be his floor now with the Patriots. Well, somebody's got to get hurt by this. I mean, is it Edelman? Is it Dorsett? Because I was pretty excited about Dorsett. He's fifty percent owned. I think you got to be I a would little still less pick up, excited. I, I, I'd still pick him up. You know, yep. I, I think it's still a matter of you know, like Dave said, Sanu's not an outside threat to the level of what they still need. You know, and, and Dorsett is the one that fits that build. So Jacoby Myers is the one that loses. You know, he's the one that comes off the field right away. And you know, I'll go back to conversation I had with Brady Quinn in the offseason where he said, you know, having been with Josh McDaniels, that McDaniels would actually was excited about using these four receiver sets as opposed to, you know, a lot of the double tight ends and, you know, you know, certainly focusing on Gronkowski. So now this gives them the ability when everybody's healthy to go with Edelman and Sanu as the two inside guys and Gordon and Dorsett as the two outside guys with Myers sort of being the the fill in option there. So I, I think it's going to be a scenario of there's, there's, it, it's like the Rams light, you know, where there's going to be games where one guy stinks and to a level of that you wish you bench them. But this is a scenario of Edelman still one. I would say probably Dorsett right now is two. Sanu would be three and Gordon would be four. So Gordon's a guy that you could drop at this point. Ooh, you think you can just let him straight up go? I I, I mean, what's what's the... What's the rush to pick up Josh Gordon right now with the hope that he becomes what we thought he could be? Maybe. But I, I mean, I, I don't see him being a priority to have on your roster if he's going to miss time, which is the 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 sure the underlying question here is, is this move because Gordon's absence is extended? You know, that that's, I think, the thing you have to worry about. It's the same thing we're just talking about with the Cardinals. Are they bringing in guys because the fear of the, the starter being hurt? Is is that why they're adding Sanu? And I would say that because we don't know Josh Gordon's timeline, I, I'd keep him on the bench. I know that it, it might stink, but and it could be for nothing. It could really be for nothing, but I would still keep him on the bench. I wouldn't let him go unless he's absolutely your worst player on the bench and you want to go and pick up uh, Sanu or one of these other running backs. I would let him go for Edmonds, Latavius. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I, Ty I, Johnson. I, I I'd let him go for those. I guys. dropped him in a 10-team league in, uh, early enough last week where anybody could have picked him up and, and nobody did. Nobody did? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think it's, the, it's more 10-team leagues for sure. But some twelve team leagues, I think you can say, if there's something that can help you right now, he's droppable. I'm not. I'm not saying you you should, but you can. Yeah. So, Edelman, do you think he'll be as good? I mean, he's a stud right now. I know he didn't have yes, a great game. Yes. Okay. He'll so be as good. good. James White, does he get hurt? Does Sony Michelle get hurt? Do they stop? Do they stop running the ball as much? Well, White uh, could get hurt a little bit. I think. Yeah, potentially. I'm, I mean, I, I think White and Michelle are still kind of contingent on what's happening with Rex Burkhead because when Burkhead comes back, then it becomes more messy for them. You know, this is this is just the, the Patriots are quickly becoming a team that it's the, they're they're great for their NFL purpose. They're not great for their fantasy purpose. You know, I mean, Brady's becoming a guy that is not a must-star quarterback. You know, with all the injuries and buys, he is, but. He just hasn't been productive. For them, it's all about what happens when they get inside the five-yard line. Like, if they just hand off to Sony Michelle and he scores three touchdowns, Brady's going to... Brady could have had a huge game. If Brady had wanted to, he could have had a huge game yesterday. But yep. sure, it's he had, just, he it's had all a, about a wide-open touchdown line. to Jacoby Myers. Brian Poole right. held his jersey. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it things like that are happening to him, but it's 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 just the, the nature of what their offense... Like you said, he's throwing 39 times. He's not having monster performances given the matchups that they've had. The matchups have been so easy. Yeah. And he hasn't put up dominant numbers. Well, and Sony that's Michelle's where I, had, has six rushing touchdowns. Sorry, Dave, go ahead. Right. This is where I would go with this, is look at their next six opponents. It's Cleveland, Baltimore, Philly, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City. I don't see them winning many of those games shutting out their opponent. Not even Cleveland. Cleveland will put some points yeah, on but, them. But, but I, I know. I, I think, but, but again, I think they added Sanu. Look, look at his past. I know. It's crazy. Where, where is that going to change? Is he going from 45 to 55? To no, no, no. But I don't think he's going from 45 to 25. Uh, agreed. But in 45, he's not being productive. It's 39. Not having 39 because of what happened inside Okay, so, so 39. That's not sure. far off. You know, it's not like all of a sudden, oh, okay, so the other teams are going to score. His pass attempts go up. Where do they go up? 
You know, it's, he's already at a, but, uh, at right. a high level. So I don't I know. Hear I don't know if it's just all of a sudden he's converting those attempts into better production, which could easily happen. And now they've added another piece of the puzzle. I'm not saying you're you're getting rid of Tom Brady clearly, but it's just I, I, this this team is is just one of those teams where their defense is awesome, their run game is productive enough. Run game sucks. And the passing. See, I, I, I would. I, 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 I agree from the standpoint of it, it. It sucks. I'm talking about the 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 converting the production. You know, the the touchdowns that Michelle is scoring. It, it's one of those where it's it, it, there's no rhyme or reason to it because you know this week it was Michelle, two weeks ago it was Brandon Bolden. You know, so it they, they don't care, and and that's the problem for what we do. It's it's adding Muhammad Sanu just means okay, now you can't buy into Dorset. It dings Edelman and White a little bit. It makes Gordon potentially droppable, and that's kind of the whole. You know, storyline with this team. I think they brought in Sanu to make sure that they could score any way they wanted to because they can't rely on that run game all the time and they know they're going to need points to beat teams like the Ravens, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Chiefs. That's why Sanu's there. Okay. Here are and that's your, good for Brady. Here are your five lowest uh, yards per carry teams in the NFL. Now, this is teams, so keep in mind, like teams with Russian quarterbacks are going to be better here, but Bengals, So Jets, Miami and the other four? <laughs> Bengals, Jets, Patriots, Dolphins, Bears. Patriots are averaging 3.3 yards per carry, which is exactly what Sony Michelle is averaging. I understand he gets a lot of short yardage work. That's going to hurt his yards per carry, but let's be real. He's not running the ball that well. Their offensive line isn't what it normally is, and I think that makes Rex Burkhead, if he ever gets back, a somewhat intriguing waiver wire option. So, Oh, for sure. News and notes. Uh, Drew Brees is hoping to play this week. Matt Ryan has not been ruled out. Dr. David Chow looked at Matt Ryan's injury and thought high ankle. So, you know, I don't think that you should plan on having Matt Ryan or Drew Brees. They both have a bye next week. You guys agree with that? Like, you shouldn't expect them? Okay. Kyle Allen is starting this week at San Francisco. Kerryon Johnson, knee injury. We know that. David Johnson played three snaps. So, uh, you know... It, it, okay, we, we already talked about the possibility of the Lions bringing someone in. If the Cardinals bring someone in, and it's Jay Ajayi or whomever, do you do you think it would reduce Chase Edmonds' role significantly, like to the point where he would be a bust this week? No, not right away. He may maybe be, not at all. He may be a bust this week just based on his opponent. Yeah, that was the other thing. I mean, how comfortable are you going to be with Chase Edmonds if he's the starter at New Orleans? Uh, he's number two running back, but yeah. it's it's nowhere near what he's been producing because the Saints are awesome. Yeah, I mean, look at the last two running, three running backs they faced. 15 carries for 52 yards for Carson. 18 carries for 35 yards and a touchdown for Zeke. It's 20 carries for 72 yards for Fournette. And then let's not even get into the horrible Bears running backs. Uh, there was some passing game production for, 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 for Zeke and Fournette at least. Uh, what else we got here? Alvin Kamara, we don't know. James Conner, do we think he's going to play against the Dolphins? Yes. Yeah, although it's weird that there hasn't been any update. They also haven't added a running back. Sony Michelle so, did limp off the field. It was good. late in the game. He seemed fine, but that was like one of the final possessions of the game, and the Patriots never sit their starters, even when they're winning by a million. A.J. Green has not been ruled out for Week 8. I am assuming you guys are not ranking A.J. Green right now. Correct. No, but that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. And they have a buy. They also week. have a buy, right? Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, by week, uh, by week ten, you get seven games out of uh, AJ Green in your fantasy league. Hopefully, Sammy Watkins day to day. Devonte Adams, yeah, we're not sure yet. Adam Thielen unlikely to play on Thursday. Will Fuller expected to miss several weeks. The Texans acquired cornerback Garyon Conley, first round bust from the Raiders uh, for a third round pick. Baltimore lost Pernell McPhee. A great move by them. It was? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, apparently he's been pretty awful, but I like Garen Still. Conley. It just He's struggling this year. Yeah, I mean, change of, change of scenery. I appreciate the Texans. You know, I, I know the coach is the GM, but, you know, they're, they're going for it. They have to because if they don't, the coach gets fired. So it's one of those situations where the coach doesn't care about the draft picks. He'll just throw them all at this problem just to hopefully win a playoff game and keep his job. They don't have a lot of draft picks. <laughs> right. Uh, Case Keenum That's and the Daniel, problem for the next GM. And Daniel Jones will continue to start. Keenum and Jones. Kareem Hunt is resuming practice. And do you expect the following players this week? Tyrell Williams at Houston. No. Sterling Shepard at Detroit. Not as of now. Christian Kirk at New Orleans. They could use him for that game, but I don't know if he's going to make it. Deshaun Jackson at Buffalo. 
they are desperate for him to come back. We'll see if he does. Yeah, it's tough to answer these questions now. I, I know that. Jarvis Landry at New England? Yes. Yes. Uh, we had a couple of San Francisco wide receiver injuries. Is that right? Uh, well, Debo's Debo didn't down, play, and, and then and Goodwin. Goodwin got a concussion. Yep. Okay, so Dante Pettis. <laughs> Uh, that they Pettis could look. I think you could somewhat throw away week seven with them, right? I mean, it was it was of course horrible conditions. They played in a yeah, but hurricane. still 20, twenty-one attempts and and Pettis has no targets officially. That That's was true. terrible. Yeah. Uh, do you expect Jared Cook against Arizona? Not as of now, no. Delaney Walker against Tampa Bay. The two best matchups for tight ends, by the way, Arizona and Tampa Bay. Well, that just means we start Josh Hill and Janu Smith, baby. Ooh. Hey, maybe let's John, go right? with those studs. How about Chris? Nah, Herndon? Oh, sorry. Nah, I, no, no to Delaney and not as of now for Herndon, but I think Herndon's close. All right. I know it's taken a little while. Uh, but Darnold could have used them last night. He could have overthrown them a couple of times. <laughs> let's get to the waiver wire. Talk a little fab. I do need to tell you about something super important. Okay. We always appreciate your feedback here on the fantasy football today podcast. You've got, uh, an opportunity to really help us out. If you've got an extra five minutes, take a survey. We we created a survey for you to tell us how you feel about the podcast, what we're doing well, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, what we can improve upon, segments you like, segments that you, you know, again, want to hear more or less of. Anyway, help us out. It won't take long. Um, you know, you'll see. It's, it is a, a lot of, it's about 20 questions, but I promise you can breeze through it in five minutes. And we're going to review all of your feedback and make sure we continue to give you, you, the listener, the most relevant fantasy information that you need to dominate your league and present it in a way that's going to help you. So we've been doing this for a decade, and I've, I've, for a while now I've wanted to have something like this. Finally, you know, we have a great staff that creates these surveys at CBS Sports. I want to thank them for putting this together. And here's how you, how you use it. You go to cbssports.com survey. That's it. cbssports.com survey. Go there and fill it out. We appreciate it. CBSSports.com. CBSSports.com. People think I work for CVS, by the way, when I tell them what I do. CBSSports.com slash survey. Thank you so much for your help. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, the Apple Podcast Mailbag. Tomorrow we'll read some of your Apple Podcast questions. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment, question, and we'll get to it. How much fab are we spending on uh, the big names this week, guys? 15 to 20% probably on Ty Johnson, and yep. then, you know, everything else is probably based on need. If you're three and, and, and I four, say that, sorry, if you're, if you're three and four or two and five, you need a win. Could you justify spending 60% of your budget on Ty Johnson? If you, sure. I, I, yeah, I think I mean, that might be a little too much, but sure. I don't know how great he's going to be. That's the problem. You know, right. so you're, you're still talking about a team while the Giants have been bad against the run, they have struggled to run the ball, you know, so, um, you know, I, I think you're spending money for a, borderline number two running back slash flex option. So I don't know how much you want to go crazy there. But yeah, you're right. If if this is a, if this is the Alamo and you're done, <laughs> then you know go crazy and don't worry about the rest of your season if that's how you want to approach it. I, I will say this, though. If it's the guys that are above the threshold that we talk about, then you can go crazy. You know, if you're in a 10-team league and Chase Edmonds is out there or Latavius Murray, you know, the guys that are under 85% owned, um, those guys you can blow your wad on. Oh, okay, and uh, let's see. I said wad. Yeah, I said wad. yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, <laughs> how about how about like I'm trying to see those wide receivers that might be available? Uh, Marvin Jones. MVS. Yeah, there's a few guys that are under eighty percent. Um, Curtis Samuel, you know, coming off his bye week. Um, same. You know, it, it's kind of nervous it's just though the, uh, about spending big on them. Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, you're, you're, you're chasing Marvin Jones' points, and, you know, Curtis Samuel's been up and down with Kyle Allen. So MVS, as we saw, it was a couple of big plays, but he was on a snap count. Um, you know, Muhammad Sanu now, he's in that conversation at uh, 74% owned. Um, D.D. Westbrook's interesting because he's, you know, sort of pushing D.J. Tark as the number one receiver there, and you can make a case that he's been the number one guy based on the targets the last few weeks. So... He's somebody that you can buy back into if you want to, you know, go nuts with it. And, and again, just above the threshold at 71%. But uh, I, I don't think there's a receiver now. I, I would have said Dorsett qualified, but I don't think there's a receiver now that you go crazy on. You know, even with mm -hmm. the two Titans guys looking better with Ryan Tannehill. But there are receivers who are going to be good. You just, I, I wouldn't go more than 
12 percent of your fab guys like stills Corey davis yeah but the titans guys though i mean the buccaneers have been just awful against wide mm-hmm. receivers like it just so happens we're getting a week where they're coming off a good game and they've got one of the best matchups so that's kind of an interesting one okay if, if they're the team that takes advantage of it though yeah yeah well you know things are looking better i guess for them with Tannehill. absolutely Absolutely. It is game time. It is Tully time. The top additions presented by Tullamore Players you should pick up off the waiver wire to help make your game time better. Top three priorities at each position. Jamie, quarterback, who are our top priorities? Well, it's it's an interesting week with uh, the guys who could be available. Like you mentioned, uh, Brissett, Cousins, and Stafford. And then there's the guys that are most likely available. I, I would take Minshew first. You know, I, I think you look at the Jets haven't given up a lot of production of quarterbacks, but I think that's a, a byproduct of some of the games that have unfolded for them. So I would say Minshew one, if you need somebody for this week, Tannehill two, and then Bridgewater three. If you need somebody long-term, I'd put Cam ahead of Tannehill and Bridgewater behind Minshew. Darnold should still be in the conversation. I know that everybody's going to be scared off after this game against the Patriots, but we knew it was going to be a tough game against the Patriots. And the schedule is just way too nice moving forward. If you need somebody long-term, yes. I would say that he's probably behind Cam. Um, from an upside perspective, from a immediate perspective, yes, he's probably ahead of Cam. Mm. But I can't trust him this week against Jacksonville. That offensive line was a disaster, and the Jaguars are going to hit the snot out of him. And they lost their starting center as well, the Jets did. So Minshew over Bridgewater, huh? Bridgewater has the Cardinals. They give up the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. It's twofold for me. One, I, I think Minshew's a little bit safer because we've seen, you know, up and down play from Bridgewater. It's been 20 under 10, 20 under mm-hmm. 10 in terms of, you know, his, his fantasy production. Not exactly 20, but um, there's there's the underlying storyline of Drew, Drew Brees playing, you know, so you don't want to take the risk on picking him up and then he's not there. That's a great point. Okay, and I, I also want to point out, you know, we'll probably talk about this later in the week, but the Rams played a lot better against the pass last week, and the Cardinals did as well, and they both they got back, or they, they both had two of the best cornerbacks in football added to their roster. Uh, so mm-hmm. maybe we should reevaluate. You know, I thought with the Rams, they lost three starting members of their secondary and added Jalen Ramsey. I didn't really think that was going to be a net positive. I'm still not sure it is. We'll, we'll find out. But just to point that out, you know, the Rams had given up, I think, eight touchdown passes uh, in weeks four and five. They get Jalen Ramsey. Things get better. And then Patrick Peterson comes back. and They had one of the, the best defensive plans I've ever seen. They played three safeties on the field a majority of that game. And they just said, you're not going to run on us. And we know that your offense is just pass, pass, and pass some more. And they hit the snot out of Matt Ryan with their front four. And they couldn't find any openings because Ramsey took away limited Julio Jones. Contained. There you go. Okay, running back, Dave, who are... Oh, oh, sorry, last quarterback question. Is Matthew Stafford the best of the best yes. this week? In terms if of you can find him. Yep. Yeah, okay. He's the best around. Uh, I take Brissett <laughs> over him, but he's 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 right there. Oh, I wish I had my drops right now. I have a new uh, drop from... I'm surprised you're just not singing it. Sean Connery going, you're best. All right, running backs. Dave, who are the running backs we're targeting this week? All right, if we're going to just completely ignore the high-owned guys like Chase Edmonds, Latavius Murray, and Jamal Williams, those guys are obvious ads. Ty Johnson would be number one. He's available in 94% of leagues. He's got the Giants this week. He's at Oakland next week. And then he's at Chicago three weeks from now. That big, bushy head of hair of his is going to... It's going to blow past the Giants this week, provided that the Lions don't actually add somebody else along the way. Behind him, it's it's kind of a grab bag based on whether or not you need somebody that offers a kind of safe floor in Mark Walton or a wait-and-see type of backup running back like, uh, like Daryl Henderson. Brian Hill potentially could be one of those guys. You see on our screen, if you're watching on YouTube, Benny Snell's on the list. Certainly, he's not a bad guy to go and grab if James Conner isn't ready to go. We don't know if that's the case or not. And we've talked a lot about Rex Burkhead. We don't know when he will make his return, but he should impact the Patriots' run game when he does. So put it in perspective, I guess, of of where Ty Johnson is ranked with the Latavius Murray, Chase Edmonds, Royce Freeman, Jamal Williams group he's behind Edmonds and Murray for me and ahead of the other guys okay same and, and I, t- I take Freeman over him in PPR Royce Freeman and PPR over Ty Johnson mm-hmm. yes okay yep so 
where is JD McKissick on this uh, for you guys? Could he? Could you make a case that he's the second best running back to own? And I, I just want to to add this week, uh, of aside from the guys who were widely owned. Um, but I just want to add, like again, I said this on the Sunday show. Ty Johnson had ten carries for twenty nine yards, and in the second half, he had only three carries. He did have a first and goal carry from the six, but McKissick had two carries in the second half, and he had three targets in the second half. One of them was called back to a, due to a penalty. So officially, McKissick had two carries and two targets. And Ty Johnson, basically the same amount of carries is what I'm trying to say. So in the second half. Yeah. I'm going to guess they trust him more in pass protection at this point. You know, So in a game where they were chasing points, he was probably a little bit safer on the field. McKissick. Um, and they've been using him. Yeah, McKissick. And they've been using him more in passing down situations. So it just made sense. I think Ty Johnson slides into carry on Johnson's role. And so you know, in a game where they should be playing with a lead, that's where I think he benefits the most. And the fact that he had more targets in the game than J.D. McKissick, and McKissick, as the passing downs guy, four catches in his last two games, it's not like they throw to their backs a lot. So the guy who's going to get the majority of the carries, which I do think will be Ty Johnson, is the better of the two. But in a deeper league, it's not a bad idea to take a look at McKissick. And so, you know, the way that I have it, I have him in this, like I have Wendell Smallwood ahead of him on the priority list, simply because if Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson are out, then Smallwood's touches what I think dwarf McKissick. But if you want to take McKissick ahead of him, like I, I, I just don't know what you're getting with JD McKissick, and and you know we think it's going to be a multiple week absence for Carryon Johnson, but uh, if it's just one week, it, it's kind of a waste to pick him up. What did we hear last year on Carryon when he got hurt? We it was going to be a couple of weeks, and then it turned into the rest of the season. I'm I'd be nervous about that being the case. I, I think Carryon Johnson's trade value takes a massive hit with this injury. And I think Ty Johnson's somebody that could end up being a decent starter for people moving forward. And I think the reason why he didn't have a lot of work in the second half and McKissick really by comparison, didn't have a lot of work either is because they were chasing points because they were trying to get back into the game and they got pretty close against Minnesota. This team's going to ride Matthew Stafford. So it's a good opportunity for, for Ty Johnson I think he'll be lucky to see 15 touches in a game. This week, he might do it. Most of the other games that they have, I don't know if he will. Yeah, and I should emphasize, I should have brought this up earlier, Adrian Peterson dealing with an injury, dealing with a Thursday game. So Wendell Smallwood is a Redskin and could have big work against the Vikings. Have fun, but you never know. I mean, like Adrian Peterson had big work against the Niners, and he turned in a decent fantasy performance. He had like 80 yards. So, uh yeah, Wendell Small. They're committed to the run. I mean, it, it's yeah, pretty course. clear that yeah. that's what their offense is. It's run, run, and run some more. Uh, Jamie, who are our top wide receivers to add? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm obviously switching the list on the fly here. So, with the, the trade, um, I'll, I'll take the Titans guys first uh, of Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, just with the matchup that they have. Uh, I put Kenny Stills third and Philip Dorsett fourth. So, I don't think it's a bad idea to add Dorsett still with the trade because, again, he's going to have a, a pretty decent role as long as Josh Gordon's out. And I wouldn't be surprised if we find out news at some point today that either Josh Gordon's injury or, or this week that Josh Gordon's injury is significant or maybe something off the field. You know, I hope not for his sake, but who knows? Um, you know, this move could be something of an indication of that. And then also we'll find out maybe something happened to Nikhil Harry. You know, he was supposed to come back to practice. Is, is this something that A, he's not ready, B, they don't want to trust him, or C, they just really like Mohamed Sunu that much. But uh, it's a downgrade to Dorsett. So Davis one, Brown two, Stills three. Uh, Dorsett four, and then Zach Pascal five. I I think Pascal's you know establishing himself as the second receiver there opposite T Y Hilton, and he's worth a look for sure. Okay, it's a pretty good list. We also have Cole Beasley, Dolphins guys. Tough matchup for the Dolphins guys. Great matchup for Beasley. Uh, B C Johnson. Am I pronouncing that right? For the yeah, Vikings? I believe it's Oda B C. Right. Is this full B C for short? Okay, B C. Uh, six feet. He's six feet, 200 pounds, solid route runner, going to get a good opportunity, nice matchup. I don't. I, I think he's more of a guy to trust in the showdown lineups, the one-day, one-game lineups than your seasonal leagues. Yeah, this is a one-week ad. You know, he, he saw a big spike in targets without Thielen there, and the matchup's really good against the Redskins, especially if Josh Norman's out, like you said, Adam. Yep. I don't think we got a good indication of what – either team looks like from week seven for San Francisco and for Washington. And, and so while the 49ers offense didn't do very much against that Redskins defense, if Kirk Cousins doesn't melt down in prime time, like he typically does, then he should beat up that secondary. Like he's been beating up the last three secondaries. He faced. BC had three end zone targets last week. So Beautiful. they were using them like they used Adam Thielen. It's crazy. 
and he caught a touchdown. But again, it's very low priority because you might only get one week out of him. Hopefully one week. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, we don't want to see more than that. You hungry, Dave? Dave, Jamie, you guys hungry yet? You know I'm always hungry. Look at me. All right, good. Well, you know, you should have been at the barbecue I was at on uh, on Saturday because I actually helped cater it because I had some, some meat left over from ButcherBox. This is awesome, people. Okay, ButcherBox.com slash FFT. Thanksgiving is right around the corner, so now is a perfect time to give ButcherBox a try. Sign up today and get a free turkey and $20 off your first box. ButcherBox.com slash FFT. ButcherBox.com slash FFT. Okay, so I don't know, a month or two ago, I got the package from ButcherBox. It's an enormous package of frozen meat and absolutely delicious. And not just that, high quality stuff. You know, I go to the grocery store and I try to find the healthier options. Uh, It's hard to find that in the grocery store. If you order from ButcherBox, you're getting high quality, humanely raised meat. It's better for you. It's better for the animal. It's better for the environment. Uh, I, I ate the chicken last month and it was delicious, but then I saved the rest of it and I brought it to the barbecue and we cooked it and it was freaking great. Steaks, pork chops, just absolutely delicious. You are all going to love this. A 100% grass-fed finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon. You can't find this stuff easily at the grocery store, and it's really expensive too, but not with ButcherBox, and it just shows up at your door if you order it. So, you know, and nothing more festive than a turkey dinner, right? So with Thanksgiving coming around, please take advantage of this offer. You're going to get antibiotic-free with meat with no added hormones as well. It's packed fresh, ship frozen, and vacuum sealed. Go to butcherbox.com FFT. Get a free turkey and $20 off your first box. Butcherbox.com FFT. Or if that's too complicated for you, you can just enter the promo code FFT at checkout at butcherbox.com. Uh, tight ends, DSTs, and kickers. So, uh, yeah, tight end, is it kind of tough this week uh, to find one under 65% owned, Jamie? Um, It's not tough, but it's risky from the standpoint of, you know, who's going to actually be trustworthy. You know, you have Vance McDonald, and, you know, it's a, a, a part of his play on the Dolphins, part of his play on what we saw from Mason Rudolph in his first, you know, couple of games with McDonald. And then I, you know, I, I take a chance on Josh Hill with the matchup against the Cardinals. I know it wasn't Evan Ingram who scored against them, but they still give up a touchdown to Red Ellison. Hopefully this is the week Chris Herndon comes back and you start to get something from him. John Smith and Kyle Rudolph are in sort of interesting situations because of injuries. Smith because of Delaney Walker, Rudolph because of Adam Thielen. And, you know, it could be Irv Smith because both tight ends were used much more than we've seen. You have Foster Moreau, who's played well two of the last three games and their receiving core is depleted. So there's no standout guy. But there are some guys that could be, okay, if I'm stuck, I'll, I'll take a chance on this particular player. McDonald would be the one, maybe Herndon as well, that have some long-standing appeal as low-end starting options just based, again, on what their roles are in their offensive or, or expected to be in Herndon's case. Is Vance McDonald a top 12 tight end for you guys this week? Yes. Just barely, though. Okay, yeah. I mean, Double-checking a- to make sure. Vince McDonald's only uh, had one game no. where, where he and Mason Rudolph were both healthy, and he had seven catches and two touchdowns. So uh, he's got right. And you also have the you have the scenario of they didn't allow the last time we saw Rudolph play a full game challenge downfield, and so against the Miami defense that stinks, is it going to be okay? Let's open up the offense and we'll take you know, nine shots to Juju and and seven shots to Deontay Johnson and they'll open up the passing game? Or is it Rudolph's coming back from a concussion? Let's get the win that we need, manage the game the same way that they have been, wildcat, however, you know, they want to operate and dink and dunk their way down the field. And then I think that's where McDonald comes in, especially without Jalen Samuels. So, you know, we, we, again, we haven't seen the full Steelers offense with everybody there minus Roethlisberger. This is the closest I think we'll get. And so I, I think McDonald sort of falls in line as a low-end starting option. Okay. Also, Jonu Smith did have three games last year. Where's my notes? Uh, he had a three-game, a four-game stretch where he had 9 to 12 fantasy points at non-PPR in three of those four games. So could be filling in for Delaney Walker and getting the second-best matchup for tight ends with Tampa Bay 
this is a home game for Tennessee. DSTs, Dave, who are we looking at? DSTs. I'm not sure exactly who the the most available DSTs are. I think the, the Steelers, Steelers are. I don't know what their percentage is. Oh, sixty two percent. That's pretty good. If they're out there, go ahead and get them. You should hopefully some of you got them last week as a beat the yep. waiver wire. Uh, I I like the Colts DST as well against Denver. Uh, the Broncos offensive line looked terrible, and uh, Joe Flacco looked terrible. So the Colts should be able to get to him quite a bit. Okay. And uh, we got the Steelers at 62%. That's outstanding. There are a lot of DSTs. We can go through them later. The Colts, the Lions against the Giants at 31%. Uh, How do you feel about the Eagles? I don't know about that one because they're beat up. It depends on how healthy they are. But if they're without Slay and Snacks Harrison and that... And they lost somebody at every level of their defense against Minnesota. They're playing Daniel Turnover. It's okay. I I actually think Daniel Jones can have a good game if that defense is as beat up as it was last week. Okay, hope so. <laughs> uh, I got I got more names for you, but uh, we can go through them real quick, I guess. How do you feel about Philadelphia uh, at Buffalo? I wouldn't want to use them. Uh, Low-end low starter. Seattle at Atlanta. Love Seattle. Yeah. Tennessee, that's obviously with Matt Ryan out. Uh, Tennessee against Tampa Bay. Tennessee will get some turnovers for sure. I mean, it's Jameis, but I would imagine Jameis plays a much cleaner game this week. It's a solid defense, though. You look at their fantasy points, they don't sure. really let you down. So for Tennessee, you know, uh, would you drop Tennessee for the Colts this week? No. Okay. But for the Steelers. Uh, yeah, I would. Okay, Jamie would. For the Steelers, you definitely would, right? Yes. Yeah. How about the Chargers at the Bears? Yeah, they're, uh, they're right there. Yeah. How about the Rams against the Bengals? Love them this week. Of course. How about the Packers at the Chiefs? I like them this week. I do too. Really? They're top twelve. Yep. Okay. Crazy, hey, hey, right? Wait, you're at the Chiefs. No, uh, no love for uh, for Matt Moore, by the way, the waiver wire, huh? He's the last quarterback, Dad. Okay. Okay. And uh, kickers. Who we got, Jamie? Uh, you could buy back into Joey Sly. I don't really love this scenario going in San Francisco, but he's still worth picking up. Chris Boswell for sure. And then uh, I think Adam and Terry at home. I don't know the ownership percentages for Matt Prater or Jason Myers they're, or Josh Lambeau. Uh, uh, My, Myers stinks. He just doesn't get enough opportunities. Uh, Boswell's 19%. Sly's 47%. Minitary's 19%. Prater, I saw, was like 82%. Okay, Everybody picked him up yep. after the game against Green Bay, too. Sure. Cool. Well, let's see. We got uh, we got delayed a little bit with the Sanu news. So let's go through the We got, Sunday- we got Sanu's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go through the uh, Sunday night and Monday night games real quick. First Monday night, Patriots 33, Jets 0. And can you still buy into the Jets maybe after this week when they have Jacksonville? But after that, I, I probably, I'm guessing they have the best schedule in, in fantasy football. At Miami, Giants, at the Redskins, Oakland, at Cincinnati, and Miami in their next six games after Jacksonville this week. Um so yeah, Darnold, Anderson, Crowder, forget Le'Veon Bell, everybody's gonna keep Le'Veon Bell, but are they either ads or holds at this point? Holds. You know, I, I think if you're planning ahead with Darnold, that's fine. Most people have picked up Crowder and Anderson after the big game against Dallas with the hope of the schedule turning positive for them. But if they struggle against Jacksonville again, which I think that they will, then it's gonna be Oh, bleep. Can you actually trust them? They'll be low-end starters for sure against Miami, but Darnold's the key to this all. I mean, you know, if he has another game where he's, you know, jittery in the pocket and shot-putting the ball and, you know, missing receivers to the extent that he was, then it's, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take a chance against Miami, but if he plays bad against the Dolphins? Oh, well, then at that point. Holy cow. I mean, that, that, that stretch of, of games right there is, it has to be the confidence builder for him. So, like, if I'm Adam Gase, I... I I try to keep the game low scoring against Jacksonville because I don't think Jacksonville's offense is that dynamic that they're going to put up a ton of points. But like you got to manage the game for Darnold and then let him get to that stretch of games for Miami and see if you can play yourself back into any sort of wild card contention. But obviously for what we talk about, it's got to be Darnold playing at a high level because for 2020 for the Jets, if he's this type of quarterback, which I don't think he is, like you know you, you can't it, the, the two extremes that he showed you the last two weeks where he yeah, was so yeah. good against Dallas. And so, I mean, that was epically bad against New England. Like, like Mitchell Trubisky was laughing at him. No, that was Nathan Peterman was laughing at him. That's how bad it was. I know, actually so. forgot about Peterman because I tweeted last night, 
Sam Darnold scored negative seven fantasy points. Find me a player who did worse. And I forgot about Peterman, who had negative eight fantasy points two years ago. So, yes, this was Nate Peterman bad, almost. And that, yeah, Nate Peterman right. did that it, in a half, I think, right? So, good, good, good for him. Yeah, five yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, like, th- this this game is build your confidence back up and then go light up the Dolphins, the Giants, the Redskins, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Dolphins again, which which he should. You know, I mean, he's, he's still a very good player. It's just, like, last night was... I agree. He got, like, he got he got Belichick. I can't I can't judge him solely off of last night's game. Yeah, like not based on what we saw from him earlier this year and late last year. Like I'm I'm okay with him still. Okay, but you your, can't start him this week. Quick, I don't think you should, and I don't think you have to. Your quick thoughts on Sony Michelle? I mean, touchdown dependent more than anything else. Yeah. Hopefully, he just hangs on to the ball and hangs on to the job. But man, he he can't run. He's just not a he just, burner. He doesn't make anybody miss. It's so tough. Yep. And James White has now scored 12 to 15 PPR fantasy points every single week. He did it again. Seven catches, 59 yards. And for the second straight week, he had a touchdown called back, this time on a hold. Uh, so, you know. He is, he, he is, based on his average for the season coming into week seven, was like uh, the top 15 running back in PPR, his, his points per game. Wow. And so will he maintain that level? Because remember, he missed the game with when he had the, the baby. Plus, they, yeah, he missed the game when they had the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, It's just a matter of, will Rex Burkhead sort of ruin him a little bit because his numbers pop when Burkhead's off the field? Yeah, well, I mean, he has had the same fantasy point total basically every week, but also he's had bad touchdown luck this year. But, you know, I just think it's interesting. Like, Sony Michelle and James White, they're both universally owned, and they were started in 50, 50 to 56% of leagues. And that's what it is. We're going to be talking about them every week, start or sit. And I think we kind of know, and hopefully Rex Burkett doesn't screw it all up. Dallas 37, Philadelphia 10. And I would say Mohamed Sanu could screw it up a little bit for James White. Um, a all little right. bit. So, boy, what a roller coaster for Carson Wentz. Great against Minnesota, which was a surprise, 24 fantasy points. And then terrible. Look, they, their offense is just not that good right now. I think I said yesterday uh, they had 20, 22nd in passing offense right now. Carson Wentz is throwing needs, less than 200 yards in three of his last four games, speed. I think. He does. He needs he needs his offensive line to be fully intact. You know, we've seen when the offensive line has played great. It, it was great against Green Bay. It was great against Minnesota. And Jason Peters not playing that game. Robert Quinn made uh, Dillard look yeah. like a rookie, uh, uh, like a college player still. Yeah. You know, and, and had Quinn stayed in that game, he left with a rib injury. I think it would have been worse for Wentz, you know. So when he is facing pressure like that, he's not the same guy. And, and you know, like Dave was saying, not having any downfield threat, you know, Nelson Aguilar, you can you know debate about his um, ability or lack thereof to come down with the catch, but it was a bad throw. And so I I think Wentz is you know somebody that's going to be tough to trust against Buffalo right now. So if he's your like I'm in a situation where I have Matt Ryan and, and Carson Wentz on one team. Oh boy, you know, I, I I I I can't drop either guy. You know, so you could drop Carson Wentz. Yeah, I, mean, I think. I mean, his next four matchups, I don't think anyone's going to want to start him. Uh, maybe next four weeks. Maybe, but 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 still, it's uh, you know, if they're right, I I think he'll come through those games and and play well. If they're not right, you know, and and again, the offensive line and and the receiving core right now are letting him down. So. Uh, yeah, maybe you're right. It's, it, it could be something that you, you have to consider dropping him. Probably more so in 10-team leagues. Yeah, not a must-drop. And drop. this is another... Yeah. Not a must-drop, and it's so tough for him. He's on the road for the third week in a row against Buffalo, and their defense has played great this year. And I don't know how tough that Chicago matchup is anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe. But but at, Buff- at Dallas, at Buffalo... Uh, or sorry, at Buffalo, at Chicago, by New England. We talked about that so much. I guess, Dave, next question. Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. I don't know how much you're going to trust them in their next four weeks. Buffalo, Chicago, by New England. Would you drop one of them, an Eagles running back for Ty Johnson? I would certainly consider Howard. What about Sanders? Sanders? I'm just, He's got no I, role. You know, I'm like I'm like the emoji with hearts in the eyes. I can't quit him. So I don't know. I, unless I'm just really, really deep at running back, I'm not going to do that. And if I'm really deep at running back, I don't need Ty Johnson. No, you have to be shallow at running back, I think. You need someone to win this week. I imagine you're probably going to rank Ty Johnson. he's my absolute worst player? Yeah, of course I'm going to rank Ty Johnson ahead of Miles Sanders. But no, not only that, ahead of Jordan Howard, I would think, this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's why it's easier to get rid of Jordan Howard, who but he's got, got to he's a great the start running week. back. Yeah, I know, but he he's only productive when he scores, and he's not going to score that often. 
this offensive line is definitely a problem. This lack of speed on the outside is another huge problem for Philadelphia. They need to solve both of those things yeah, before either of these guys Sanders plays more well. He's fast. They should. They did. I thought that's exactly well. what they were going to do, and then they didn't do that. They should play both these guys at the same time. <laughs> All right. They should. Use Sanders on the outside. Let him run. Okay, let's take a break here. On oh, uh, We talked a lot about Zach Ertz on yesterday's show, so if you want to hear about that, basically he's statistically what he's been every year except for last year, uh, at least you know like three of the last four years, except for 2018. Touchdowns need to come up. We talked about Ertz a lot, and um, you can hear that on the Monday show. So we're going to take a quick break here on Fantasy Football today, dig into who to add and who to drop at each position when we come back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's play drop or keep. Took me a long time to come up with a title for this segment. Drop or keep. Devin Singletary, 97% owned. Keep. Keep. Why? Because he's talented and so his time will come. In his first game back from an extended absence with a hamstring injury, he had a bad game and you're ready to drop him? Well, it's not that. It's it's like he hasn't really had any big workload yet, you know? So, I I, I mean, look, if you, if you can keep Devin Singletary... And you don't have to start him or anything. That's great. But I'm, well, I guess I'm like saying like for Ty Johnson, for Matthew Stafford. Well, I mean, look, a- a- any scenario of you can add a starter uh, comparing Tim to somebody on your bench, it's worth exploring. And, you know, when, when, I, when I was saying going into their bye week that you could drop Devin Singletary was roster management. So it's the same thing. If, if you have something that can help you now, you make the move. But. Like, I, I don't want to judge Devin Singletary with the game against Miami, especially once you get past the Philadelphia game and their run defense, uh, obviously, Ezekiel, you beat them up. They get Washington, Cleveland, Miami, Denver, which has been hit or miss. You know, then it gets a little tough for Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. But for that stretch of games, Devin Singletary could be great, especially if something happens to Frank Gore. So I but guess I get it of... if you're three and four. Yeah, and yeah you I mean, feel like you have to right. win now. Yeah, I mean, again, roster management is, is key. In a vacuum, you hold on to Devin Singletary. In a scenario of you need a starter and he's the last guy on your roster, you're clearly dropping him for Ty Johnson or maybe one of the Titans receivers. Or if you need a tight end, you know, one of the guys available this week. Yeah, sure. That's why people will say, you know, talk more about who to drop, who to drop. It's <coughs> not that easy. It's so roster dependent. So I guess instead of drop or keep, I'm going to give you a name and you tell me if you still have, you know, fairly high hopes for this player rest of season. So Singletary would apparently be a yes. Jimmy Garoppolo. That would be a no. Drop. Kenyon Drake. Also a no. Unless he's traded. So, you know, again, if you're stuck, then keep him. The trade deadline is seven days from now. So there could be a move for a team looking to acquire him. You never know. Matt Breida. Keep. Uh, keep. Miles Sanders. Keep. Keep. Jordan Howard. Uh, I don't have high hopes. Rest of season, he's someone I would drop for Ty Johnson. I would say he's in the same category as Sanders, so keep. I just, like, obviously we all want to see Sanders get the job, but can we really justify keeping Sanders over Jordan Howard right now? No. I think it would be hard to justify. You're banking on youth being served. Michael Gallup. Oh, sorry, Dave. Michael Gallup. Oh, why why in the world would you drop Michael Gallup? It's going into his bye, and he's had two bad games in a row. It seems short-sighted. Yeah. Okay. No. That's fine. I say a guy, it doesn't mean I'm saying yes. I'm just bringing it up. I'm just going to give him a big old hug for the bye week. Damian Williams. Drop. You can drop him. Sammy Watkins. You can drop him. Uh, McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, I guess, yes. How about Christian Kirk? Non-PPR, you can drop him. PPR, I would hang. I'd hold on to him either way. And here we go to the waiver wire. Going to be just repeating a lot of stuff, but uh, quarterbacks. Okay, so the three that to see if they're available, they're owned in more than 65% of leagues, are Jacoby Brissett, Kirk Cousins, and Matthew Stafford. And how would you rank them if you saw all three of them? Brissett, Cousins, and Stafford. Stafford, Brissett, Cousins. 
I'd go Brissett, Stafford, Cousins. For this week, you'd rather have Brissett against Washington? Against, uh, sorry, against Denver? Yes. Okay. I'll take Stafford. Um, and then we've got Gardner Minshew, Ryan Tannehill, Teddy Bridgewater, Mason Rudolph against Miami, which allows the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, that's pretty sneaky. Can I make the case for Min- for Mason Rudolph over Ryan Tannehill? You can. All right. I don't really... It's not much of an argument. Just, you know, Miami's terrible. I've got him back-to-back in my rankings. I probably should take a closer look at Tannehill because he did play well. Statistically, I know he made a couple of mistakes in the game. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, he's, he's got a great matchup. I, it's just a matter of, does he have as good of a matchup as Rudolph has, which you might say no to because Rudolph's got the best matchup possible, but is he going to throw more? See, yeah. That's my biggest concern with Rudolph is, is he, could he have 15 pass attempts? Is he yeah. having the case Keenum game? Case Keenum had the worst game against Miami and it was 19 fantasy points. I think with Tannehill and Rudolph, they're probably not going to throw 30 passes. Although, that's see, here's the thing. Tannehill might. Tannehill might because I might, the, the I, may, Bucks. I may talk myself into Tannehill. Yeah, I, I like Tannehill better. I, I just think there's a higher ceiling for him um, just given what the, the, the two teams and how they're set up for this week. Because I, I think, you know, even if Jameis vomits all over himself, they're still going to be pushing the tempo in terms of scoring. All right, so let's say I'm totally desperate. I need a quarterback. I've got Darnold, Matt Moore, Kyle Allen, Matt Schaub, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Derek Carr, Andy Dalton. Uh, Who's the the best of that bunch this week? Did you put Daniel Jones in that group? No, I didn't. So he's even worse than those guys in your mind. Oh, I I don't have Daniel Jones ranked. I do. I like him this week. Against a beat-up Lions defense, I think he can bounce back. From the guys you named, Adam, I, I think it's Derek Carr. Believe it or not, it's the matchup. At Houston, yes. Speaking of banged up, um, Matt Schaub could he? Could, Matt Schaub and Matt Moore stepping into great situations. Are they anything more than just two quarterback league guys? That's exactly what they are. Uh, I'd take Matt Moore over Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, let's go to the running backs. So the check to see if available group is Latavius Murray, Royce Freeman, Jamal Williams, Chase Edmonds, and Ronald Jones, and Kareem Hunt. Not in that order. We like Edmonds and Murray the best. And how do we feel about Ronald Jones? 71% owned, two crappers in a row, and he's got kind of a tough schedule coming up at Tennessee, at Seattle in his next two games. How do we feel about Ronald Jones, 71% owned? Um, I think he's in the Sanders-Singletary conversation of guys you want to have on your team and stash just to see what happens. Hopefully coming off their bye week, the offensive line's healthier. And then you get to see what maybe he can do if he gets the featured workload. Now, that's a stretch because we haven't seen that from him yet. But at this point, I think he's he's still a good stash candidate. Okay. And then we've got Jamal Williams. Are you more likely to drop or, or keep Jamal Williams? Keep. Keep, for sure. Okay. What about Adrian Peterson and Tariq Cohen? They're both owned in 79% of leagues. Peterson, two games in a row with 20 carries. Tariq Cohen... Nine catches, 15 catches in his last two games. Um, yeah, how do you feel about Peterson and Cohen? I wouldn't want to start either one of them. Peterson in any format, Cohen in non-PPR. They're, they they can be dropped in those formats. Okay. Cohen in full PPR can potentially be like a bye week replacement, a flex, guy like that. Priority list then is Ty Johnson, Benny Snell, Mark Walton, all widely available. Daryl Henderson, 46% owned. Facing the Bengals, they allow the second most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, so Daryl Henderson did have 12 touches at Atlanta. So maybe gets a nice game there. Wendell Smallwood is very sneaky. Do we? What do we think about Adrian Peterson? I mean, is he going to play? Because Smallwood starting at the Vikings could have, you know, he could be he could be John Hilleman. And somebody's going to have to shave a Gardner Minshew mustache. He's going to give you four <laughs> fantasy points or three fantasy points. I mean, as you're, it you're, was. You're, you're talking desperate situation, obviously, but you know, with the the two teams on a bye, Mark Ingram obviously has been started. Clearly, Ezekiel Elliott. You know, he, he may have been 
the David Johnson owner, and you don't know what to do there, of Alvin Kamara owner. So if he's going to get the starting opportunity, both guys are out, you know, desperation flex is where he kind of falls in. Okay. J.D. McKissick, same thing. And then let's go to the wide receivers now. Yeah, I changed the order again. All right. That's cool. Check to see if available on these guys. Marvin Jones. Is Marvin Jones better than all the other less than 65% owned, like the Corey Davis, Philip Dorsett group? Yeah, especially given the matchup against the Giants. I I disagree. I don't think he's going to... I think he's going to be too inconsistent. Man, he uh, this that was his second four touchdown game of his career, wasn't it? I'm pretty Why sure. Why can't it was. he just do yeah, that every that's week? That's crazy. If, if, he, if he can do it twice. <laughs> if I told you, oh, this guy has two career games with four touchdowns, wouldn't you think he's like perennial Pro Bowler? He is. Yeah. Well, he's not. Well, you're wrong, dumbass. Curtis Samuel uh, at San Francisco. Jarvis Landry is the only wide receiver with more than 30 yards against the Niners in their last three games. They haven't really been tested that much. Well, I mean, they should have been by the Rams, but they ha- they just destroy the quarterback. Um, MVS at Kansas City. D.D. Westbrook. So, yeah, this group, Marvin Jones, Curtis Samuel, MVS, D.D. Westbrook. How many of them are you starting this week? Jones and Westbrook. You can definitely start Westbrook and PPR. Jones is a good flex. I think MVX is a, is a good flex, too. Okay. Not not feeling it with Curtis Samuel. How do we feel about Auden Tate, 74% owned at the Rams? I think he'd be a low-end flex in PPR, and that's about the nicest thing I can say about him. And that's if there's no A.J. Green. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's closer to being dropped than he is to being added. Mm-hmm. So then, Jamie, what's the new priority list? The guys owned in 65% of leagues or less? Uh, Kenny Stills won. Wow. Then the Titans guys. Davis over Brown. Mm-hmm. Then... Dorsett, Dorsett, Pascal. Yep, yeah. then Dorsett, then Pascal. I, I'm going to put Dorsett first. I think this new addition doesn't really change his role that much. Josh Gordon coming back would change his role. Yeah, see... I, and I, I don't know how long Stills is going to be the number two receiver for the Texans. It could be several weeks. And so with what that opportunity is for Deshaun Watson, he's easily first. Because you're talking about one guy's getting players added to his position, the other guy's getting players taken away from his position, and he's coming off his best game of the season in the game where the other guy got hurt. And he's facing Oakland. 61 of 65 snaps against the Colts. He's facing the Raiders. So it's it's a huge opportunity. If Will Fuller was out for the rest of the season... Which could be the case. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I guess it could. If that were the case, then I think I'd agree with you. I mean, we don't it, know if even that's if it's the multiple case. weeks. I'll, I'll take my chances with that. It's a hamstring I like, injury. I like the way Dorsett's fitting in this year. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Dorsett. Uh, he's he's not getting a ton of targets, but boy, he's really making them count. Uh, yeah. The Raiders allow the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. That's Kenny Stills. He's thirty five percent owned. BC Johnson, Cole Beasley, Devontae Parker, and Preston Williams. P- Pittsburgh's been really good against wide receivers lately. Um, only one wide receivers had more than six targets against the Steelers in their last four games, but they've gone more. Th- they've gone four straight games without allowing more than eight PPR, eight non PPR fantasy points, and twelve PPR fantasy points to a wide receiver. So it's, it's tough matchup for Williams and Parker, but you know they came through against Buffalo last week. Yeah, I, I I don't think you should start those guys, and I don't know if you really want to go after them. I know Devontae scored in three straight games. I think they will both get plenty of targets against Pittsburgh. Doesn't mean they're going to be good. The uh, they'll, be, uh, they'll get a lot of opportunities. The better reason to try and get Devontae Parker more so than what his schedule is, is the possibility of him getting traded. Okay, we also have Antonio Brown, who has a chance to play this year, and Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah, so Jason, Jason Lacafora um, reported on Sunday that teams are going to look into Antonio Brown if they can't make a trade to get a receiver so now there's been one name that's dropped in Sanu which was one of the possible guys that JLC mentioned the two prominent ones are AJ Green and Emmanuel Sanders and then Parker is another guy on the list that could be moved as well so what JLC said was a lot of personnel people in the league are sort of keeping an eye on what the status is with Brown with his potential suspension but also if he can come in and fit in a locker room and and Pete Prisco drink said the two teams that make the most sense based on need and front office slash coach are both in the NFC West, and that's San Francisco and Seattle. Mm-hmm. So two teams that could clearly use a player of his caliber, clearly more so San Francisco, that 
keep an eye on. So if you want, I know we've been saying, you know, sort of why is he owned, why is he owned? Well, kudos to you if you held on to him and that does happen, but also it might not be a bad idea if you have an open roster spot just to stash him, just in case he fits in the right scenario and has something left to offer. Okay, that is Antonio Brown. And finally, tight ends. Tight ends, tight ends. Okay, so again, this is another group where there are guys that are owned in more than 65% of leagues, and we should talk about them. Jimmy Graham, TJ Hawkinson, Eric Ebron, Gerald Everett. Are these guys exciting to you? Jimmy Graham, TJ Hawkinson, Ebron, Everett. I hate going back and forth on Ebron, but... That's what the Colts are doing, basically. They're going back and forth on him, and he offers some potential each week to score and get some yardage. Everett continues to play well. I know he had the one bad game two weeks ago. Jamie was the one who stuck with him the most of any of us, and he was great. Can't imagine him falling backwards against Cincinnati. No, in fact, you know, Hawkinson has the Giants, and Everett has the Bengals, and if you just look at fantasy points allowed right now, uh, the Bengals allow the fifth fewest. The Giants allow the sixth fewest fantasy points. But you know the Giants haven't really faced good ones. The Bengals, uh, Kittle had 54 yards. Andrews had 99 yards. Dawson Knox had a touchdown. So I, I don't think these are tough matchups here. So how would you rank Graham, Hawkinson, Ebron, Everett? Everett, Hawkinson. I'm sorry. Everett, Ebron, Graham, Hawkinson. Everett, <laughs> Everett, Ebron, Hawkinson, Graham. You can't bring yourself to put Jimmy Graham out of the basement here, can you? Uh, I have to say. Uh, He's just so touchdown dependent. So is Hawkinson. Yeah, but Hawkinson was doing a lot of nice things. He just didn't have a big game, but he, they moved him around a lot. And I think against the Giants, they'll continue. You know, Heath hit this on the head several weeks ago. When they have to block and need extra offensive line help, He's he's not going to be good. When they're allowing him to run free or needing him in a game that they're going to be chasing points, he has an opportunity to play well. And I think this is a game where they don't have to worry about him stopping a significant pass rush. Do you know how many snaps he's actually pass blocked for this year? No. Would you like to know? Sure. TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson has pass blocked on 16 snaps this year. They're not using him as a pass blocker. They're using him as a route runner. And he's well, still not he's, getting he's big time targets. <laughs> well... Uh, he also doesn't have more than 32 yards in any game since week one against Arizona. And speaking of Arizona, Josh Hill was facing Arizona. Jonu Smith is facing Tampa Bay. Those two teams are the worst against tight ends. But Vance McDonald is also looking at a great matchup with Miami. So McDonald, Josh Hill, Chris Herndon, Jonu Smith. The Vikings guys are interesting. Kyle Rudolph and Herb Smith both had about 60 yards. Rudolph scored a touchdown. This, is, of course, is without Adam Thielen. Uh, Foster Moreau has two touchdowns in his last three games. And Ben Watson had five targets at the Jets. So we talked about those guys a little earlier. But if you can't get Gerald Everett, if you can't get Hawkinson, well, if you can't, so where's Vance McDonald, Jamie? He's your number one priority, but where is he compared to Graham Hawkinson? Well, in your eyes, it was Everett, Hawkinson, Ebron, Graham, I think. Everett, Ebron, McDonald, Hawkinson, Graham. Okay. And then the DSTs we already talked about. Oh, are we giving up on Darren Fells, by the way? He gets Oakland this week. I don't think you have to give up on him because of the matchup. Okay. But he's 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 toward the Graham Hawkinson group of touchdown or bust tight ends than anything else. Get the Steelers DST, and I think this episode may have been a little too long. If it was, you can let us know on our survey. Go to cbsports.com slash survey. One of the questions is about your uh, ideal length of the podcast episodes. So help us out. All right, thanks. I think the podcast was uh, was very good. It was just the right amount of <laughs> headset uh, taking off. Of what? Uh, that's not a word. All right, we got to go, everybody. Please don't mention my horrible outros in the uh, da, 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 survey. Da, da, da. Nah. <laughs> <laughs>